The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Subhan Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Hello, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast. If you like hip-hop, video games, pro wrestling, conspiracy theories, and comedy, come check out the Homeboy88 Podcast, constantly in the top Apple Podcast charts. Check out my back catalog featuring some of the funniest wrestling shows ever created. The Homeboy88 Podcast. Search for it and listen today. Position. She's so close to changing her life, Vic. 
one more rung, just one more, and yeah. you're there. But look, Valkyria is the same. She's so close to changing her life as well. Both women are at the top, looking for the title. Oh, my God, man. Dolan realizing there's a championship. Trying to grab. What the? Who? JC Chain! Oh! Oh, wow! Come on, guys! Up to straps. The straps just came down, Vince. You talk about the Creed brothers. They also competed at Stand and Deliver a year ago. How have they grown in your eyes as a team? No, I look at these guys. First time I met them, I say, these are two guys that are big guys that definitely um, know what the game is for. It's mad technique, precision, tacticians. Talk about precision. As well look as at the strike. The power game is definitely there, Vic. Yes. We said they're putting extra work in the dojo. Getting a little love from DC. Superstar received the first spot in this match, and you can see just why. Cameras are out, spotlight on him. The international success hasn't prepared him for the spotlight of NXT uh, I'm, I'm and tell, WWE. I'm tell you right now, he just passed the airport test. Who is this guy? He's somebody. Oh my God. It's all about the North American Championship. Wesley, the champion. He said, everybody bring it. He gave everyone their spot. Axiom had to earn it this past Tuesday. He's trying to showcase why. And now gives himself a little sum of both McDonough and Dragunov. Dragunov took the worst for wear on that right there, Vic. DDT action. What is Axiom looking for here? Double! Northern Lights! Oh! Kick missed, but connected on McDonough. Dragunov, 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 Dragunov! Near fall. Rolling right through. Could be looking for maybe a submission here. Axiom! So close, Vic. So close. Trying to roll through. Ankle lock is held in, but oh! I thought Axiom saw McDonough coming, but McDonough too quick. How fast these five were going to move. And just take a look at everyone, all these kicks. So, and then this is just showing you what the North American Championship means! Oh, wow! And there comes Dragunov, right across the face Dragunov, of Axiom. Dragunov is so close, Vic, so close. If he can land this one There's big no shot, this could There's be no this could be the kill shot no right here, Vic. Way. This could be it. Oh, yes, coming down on. Oh, yes. And no! That's it. That knocked out McDonough in the past for the title. No! Yeah, you talked uh, about construction. The furniture will be moved around like right now, trying to, Wait a minute. to Wait. get this desk back look, together. Look, 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 Waller. Waller, I think, was going to toss Gargano over the top if he could. Oof. Gargano realizing that when he's looking down and now. 
What's on Johnny's mind? Gogano's on fire. The adrenaline right now is flowing through Johnny Gogano. You can see it. Well, you take a look at Gargano! Gargano better hey, use get that you stick. No rules. No rules, Vic. Oh, no, 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 he wants to humiliate Johnny Gargano. And he wants to do it on a stage like WrestleMania Saturday. He wants to do it in front of Johnny's wife, in front of Johnny's family, including his one-year-old son. Waller can barely walk, but Grayson... Oh, coast to coast time, Vic. We in Hollywood. No we risk he won't take for that viral... Pacific Movement! Highway, baby! We just took a ride. He will move on, but as the symbol of NXT, Johnny Gargano will live forever. And what a moment for Indy Hartwell, who certainly has followed the way of Johnny Gargano to her own championship dreams here tonight at Stand and Deliver. Briggs and Jensen besides themselves with the official who again is not seeing things because of the manipulation between Dawn and Fire no, no, in this no, matchup. No, Vic, that's the efficiency of this tag team right now. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire working perfectly together. Like I say, they could be the ultimate oh, no. tag team here in NXT. Oh, oh yes! This unholy union could be three seconds away in First, he put the world on notice. Banger after banger. Banger after banger. Banger after banger. This is what I need. I need for everyone to get out your seats. I need for everyone to get on your feet. Everyone stand and watch him deliver. Trying to rally off the top, roll through. Breaker, of course, had it scouted. Right back in, pump kick connects under the jaw. And the champion sent all the way to the outside. Look at Hayes Wisely, though, knows he has to get Braun Breaker in the ring. Can't win the NXT title on a pinfall. Out or on. Oh, on a wow, counter. Only by pinfall submission in a huge suplex. Out 
outside to inside, trying to capitalize for the championship in another Talk about, about innovative right there. Carmelo Hayes right there just pulled off one of the most exciting, unbelievable moves we've ever seen this bitch this big. Unbelievable talent this kid. Well, that talent is taking him to the top, and he's soaring back to the top one more time. Hayes looking down. And, whoa! You gotta be kidding me! Everybody, it's Sunday night, and we all know what that means for this time of year. Uh, we're recovering from seven hours of pro wrestling on night one of WrestleMania, and of course the NXT special. Well, we are standing and delivering a review for you, our fans of the PWC. But who are we, by the way? I'm your host, Christopher Ams. That's A M E S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Joining me is my especially special, sometimes host from the all-Atlantic coast, the doctor and lawyer, sometimes voyeur. He always brings the boom because he's the gardener of doom, Jeff Lipman. Jeff, how are you? Wow, that was terrific. Um, I'm not going to try and top it. I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Looking forward to talking about Stand and Deliver, and I'm just going to let everyone else out know there my caveat complaint with all WWE products, too much filler. Too much recap telling us what happened to get us from point A to point B. I have to get that complaint out of the way, otherwise I'll say it between every single match. Uh, and I also grade NXT on a Saturday afternoon matinee curve, especially in light of WrestleMania night one, which was pretty spectacular. Um, 
you know, but you know, trying to grade NXT on, you know, again, like I'm going to see like a like a like a cartoon in the afternoon versus going to see like an epic at, at night. I get it. It's like there's a difference between watching uh, like the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton and watching like a couple of episodes of uh, um, uh, Batman the Animated Series. They're different. They're different. So you got to grade them differently. I totally understand. Yes, it's like the difference is when you go to see Cocaine Bear, what your expectations are versus when you go to see, I don't know, The Departed. Right. Yeah. No, those that's, those are two very different uh, cinematic experiences. And actually, my girlfriend and I went to go see Cocaine Bear, and I think we both kind of walked out of it going, well, that was a movie about a bear on cocaine. Yes. <laughs> could, could have used a little bit more of that bear, you know, doing terrible things while on cocaine, but, you know, but basically it delivered. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, nobody was expecting it to sweep the Oscars or anything. Um um all right so well let's get into the show then jeff let's talk about nxt stand and deliver um this is a show that uh i i do not keep up with nxt um but i still know who some of these people are so i can talk a little bit about what i know about the the people who are in the matches and also just focusing basically on the matches so when it comes to the story of we're going to be relying mostly on uh jeff's knowledge here as he watches nxt semi-religiously um more religiously than most jews uh go to synagogue more religiously than most christians go to church uh, but not quite religious enough to consider you a fanatic i don't think so uh we'll rely on you for the information jeff i think that's a fair description and i also want to say that denise salcedo is on the pre-show with i think it was peter rosenberg and i don't understand the people who give denise salcedo hate she's a sweet kid she might be 30 who came out of nowhere and is like living a dream and basically just by being positive is she the most knowledgeable wrestling podcaster out there is she the best wrestling podcaster do you get deep insights no but she's she's a sweet girl she's a sweet young woman and she's she's done good to herself and and i know that it's this is unlike me to do that but people like she sucks she's no she doesn't she's cute she's nice she's it's a nice little happy moment and the fact that she also loves other kinds of wrestling and she loves all wrestling doesn't mean you should hate her because she yeah, she doesn't love WWE enough or she also loves NXT. She's not a traitor to AEW. She, she loves everything. She talks about GCW. I mean, is it real? I have no idea. But leave her alone. Yeah, leave her alone. I don't know who you're talking about. But <laughs> I will say that in general, wrestling podcasting um, is like it is a lot of negativity because it's a lot of people like you and me who know a lot yeah. about wrestling reviewing things and going, well, this was wrong and this was wrong and this looked silly and this wasn't good and they could have improved this. But every once in a while, it is kind of nice to hear a Simon Miller just talk about how much he absolutely fucking loved everything about the show that he watched. It's sort of like a, uh, it's like a nice glass of cold water when you're trying to taste food, right? You just, just cleans the palate gets that out of the way so you can get back to listening to how terrible things were so right yeah i I need a little dose of positivity every now and then because you know i'm not that's not exactly my brand right well me either apparently um tell me about the pre-show jeff i missed it so what happened there okay so the pre-show i mean i'm not gonna talk to you about what the people were saying but there was a match on the pre-show it was the schism against chase university at stakes were who's controlling chase university what does Chase University produce? Not much. I can't think of a single graduate who's made it onto anything significant. 
uh, one of their, uh, I guess, uh, dropouts or, or failed outs was Bodie Haywood, who showed up once on one of the AEW YouTube shows, and everyone made a big deal about it, but never to be seen again. Um, anyway, the, 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 the schism is sort of like a little bit of a cult. Uh, they pretend that they love you and they embrace everyone. And it's a safe space, but it's but it's you know got this creepy little vibe, almost like sort of like the Wyatt family light kind of thing. Um, Chase University is just a goofy little thing, which is definitely an intra NXT thing. You know, they have a section of, of plants who wear the shirts. Uh, I don't even think they need the plants anymore because I think they have enough fans who bought the shirts who just sit in the right place at, at this point, uh, wear the Chase U shirts, and you know that's it. it. The schism for whatever reason has targeted them. They they had a little terror campaign against Thea Hale, who's basically, if you picture Butch, uh, you know, on the main roster being sort of like a, a feral wild animal, she's sort of like that, but with overabundance of excitement. She's like Denise Alcido if she stole all of Tony Khan's drugs uh, and, and got like crazy positive intense all so, of a sudden. So early Bailey with some cocaine. Yeah, but really, really small, and also really, really young. Like she, she, literally, she. They showed her high school graduation uh, on on TV, and then she signed up with NXT. So she might be nineteen. I don't know. Um, wow. Yeah, and because Chase University doesn't have that many students any longer, they Tyler Bate was recruited into this little thing. The other story going on here is that there's been some dissension between Duke Hudson. Uh, who's on his 77th gimmick in in four years or whatever around he's been. Um, and he's sort of been questioning Thea Hell's bravery. She's been terrorized by Schism, most notably Ava Rain, who is Simone Johnson, The Rock's daughter. Um, you know, he's basically telling her to get over it, but Tyler Bate in intervened and helped her with uh, with Kama Sutra, with yoga and the chakras. Wow. And, yeah, meditations. NXT's getting, NXT's getting very interesting when The Rock's daughter is doing Kama Sutra stuff. I mean, well, this would be Thea Hale with Tyler Bate, which would be uh, more like uh, more like Game of Thrones. But yeah, no, that, none of that happened. He, <laughs> he, he was just he was just helping her through the, the dark times. And uh, Duke Hudson didn't really approve of that. He's just like, tough it up, you know, you know, stop being so woke. Get get over yourself. And then he's also challenging chase university's leadership in the form of andre professor andre chase saying we're a bunch of losers we never win we're we're all about love and affection now we know we're supposed to be about winning so anyway this was a match you could see there's in nxt there's a huge distinction in talent there's enormous quantity you know differentials between the level of talent sometimes even within a match so this was sort of mostly a gaga match thea hell's a rookie duke hudson's very stiff Andre Chase, he's okay, but he's just he's just your typical sort of he's meant to be a heel that takes bumps. Um the schism, Ava Rain, she can't work with worth shit. Uh the 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 tag team used to be the grizzled young veteran. So they're a good tag team, but I you know, I don't think they light anyone's world on fire. Um and then you have Joe Gacy, who's you know a fairly accomplished indie wrestler. He's and he's pretty good, but again, it's not you know, none of them are all impressed. Actually, no one in the ring is impressive. Duke Hudson sort of physically imposing at 6'5", but none of them. Anyway, it was a Gaga match. The, the swerve was that Duke Hudson looked like he was going to turn on the schism. That was the obvious way to go. They did the whole thing where they gave him a shirt. He put it on. And then it was going to be the now five members of the schism lining up on the now three members 
of Chase U, who were already down and out. Duke was sort of looking disgusted about. But as they did the four, the five on three lineup, Captain America Civil War version, Duke Hudson took a couple steps backwards. He did the now Duke Hudson. What he does is he he impersonates other wrestlers, their move sets. He tries to do the Dusty Road jabs and bionic elbow. He doesn't do it very well. And then he did, did the Hulk Hogan tearing of the shirt and, and he rejoined his mates in the four. And so instead of attacking the schism from behind, he rejoined his mates in the line and, and Chase University at the end of it wins and they hold on to the control of Chase University and good wins to fight another day. Oh, good. Good. Yes. I love good winning. Um, well, thanks for, thanks for letting me know and letting the fans know in case anybody like me missed the, uh, pre-show for stand and deliver. Um, but we can go ahead and we can get into the actual event now. And, um, this started with something that I was kind of surprised about. Um, I don't know about you. I've, I've seen Indy Hartwell, uh, in the past, I've seen what she's done with, uh, uh, what's his name? Creepy guy from the main roster. Next to Loomis. Yeah, Dexter Loomis. Um, I've enjoyed that, actually, a little more than I probably should. It's a bit of a, a guilty pleasure, I guess, in terms, in terms of professional wrestling. I think they're kind of fun together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I haven't seen anything interesting that she's done since he's gone to the main roster. Nothing. Uh, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad, I've, I'm glad I skipped all that then. Yeah, um, she's, she's toyed with being a heel. They had her in the Royal Rumble. I don't really know what they see in her. I don't think that she's a particularly good wrestler. Maybe they're just rewarding her for loyalty. I I don't know. I, I you know I I don't see her future as anything other than jobber on the main roster. So this may be the apex of her career without a spoiler. Okay, well, without a spoiler, um, she's in the she's in the ladder match against uh, champion Roxanne Perez, Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan, Laya Valkyria. And Tiffany Stratton. I'm sorry if I uh, pronounced any of those incorrectly. Now, of these people, I do know, as I said, Indy Hartwell. I know Tiffany Stratton. I know Zoe Stark. And that's it. I had no idea who Roxanne Perez even was. Um, although she completely botched the end of this. Um, Did she not? Yes. Roxanne Perez is, she's known as the prodigy. She came out of Booker T school. Um, she was in the original reboot of the Ring of Honor women's division during the pandemic, and she was the Ring of Honor world's women's world champion. Um, she beat uh, Willow Nightingale, I think, in the in the finals. In I saw the match live; it was actually a horrible, horrible match, a terrible, total mismatch. Actually, Bobby Cruz got into it with me on facebook about it telling me how great a match it was and i'm like no it really wasn't and whatever anyway um so the, the you know for a big deal she was you know rumored to go to aw and nxt and then you know i was like no no she's not gonna leave rick ring of honor is just being reimagined it's gonna totally come back in march which it, it did a, a year later after tony Khan bought it and just made it you know aw yet darker um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she she came in. Uh, the storyline is she and Cora J were best friends. They won the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Uh, the the next day they got into or the next show they got into a row and threw threw away the titles. Cora J was her worst enemy. Now they had a little feud, uh, and then you know then slowly it got to the point where 
Roxanne Corjade has, has some undisclosed injury, and she hasn't been dressed. She hasn't been on TV like in she's the three one with months. the skateboard, right? She did. She sort of got away from it. She's sort of more into the angry page thing, but she's been on TV so sparsely that I I hardly even know what her gimmick is anymore, except for occasionally coming in and trying to ruin things. But you know, they've tried to put her in limited areas, but either they can't figure it out or she's just not. It's not even healthy enough for her to do that. Anyway. They, she had a little few with that. Her most recent thing was she had to, you know, prove herself, and finally it was she had a feud with the the broken up Toxic Attraction. There was a three way with J.C. Jane and G.G. Dolan. That that story, you know, played out in this match as well. Um, and then she she met her hero Mako Sakamura, who who helped her a few times again, you know. But then she had to face her like so in one of her first matches in NXT she lost to Mako Sakamura and this was where she was being trained by Mako Sakamura and then the sort of the student has to beat the master and she did but then they did the whole Shawn Michaels thing where she passed out in the ring and then they were you know acting like she had this undisclosed illness and everyone oh. thought it was a, a, a shoot but was it a work and it, it might be one of those things where it was a little bit of both I, I don't know but I think it was just a complete work because um, they did the little engine that could. She talked Shawn Michaels into putting her into the match, going, hey, I've been cleared by the doctor. And he's like, no, I'm still really worried about you. She's like, well, I've been cleared, and I shouldn't have to. I I, sh I never lost that title. and Why should I be stripped of it? Why can't I defend my title in this ladder match? And he's like, okay, you're in the match, but you have to follow up with doctors and promise me that you'll. And she goes, I, I will. And okay, so she got herself back into the match, and conventional wisdom would tell you, well, She's got to win that match. Now, um, what I have heard is that she's actually going up to the, she's going to be rocketed up to the main roster, her Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker. Um, so, okay. So yeah, from there. So the other story in the, in the match was you had Gigi Dolan, uh, one half of toxic attraction, JC Jane didn't make it into this match. Zoe Stark, who's also flirted with the main roster. She's a good worker. But she really has nothing else going for her. Zoe Stark and Flirt are just not things that I want to try to imagine together. Yeah, and the funny thing is, a few—I think it was a few months ago—on you know one of our shows, I said that she should just you know wear a mask because you know she and never speak. And you know Jimmy was giving me a hard time about this. All of a sudden, you know I'm being politically incorrect, and then and, and he's not for it. But the funny thing is, I, I've heard other people since say, yeah, she should just pretend to be a luchador, just put a mask on that, you know, because she's a really good, she's a really good wrestler, but she can't speak and she's not TV star attractive. Yeah. Um, I, at first, when this match started, when I when I first saw her, because she was already in the ring, she didn't get a special entrance, but yeah. she did get announced by the announcer. And when they when they went to her, she I thought she had job face, but it, it, that's just her face. Yeah, no, that that that's pretty much her face. Um, so yeah, so we had Roxy, Gigi, Zoe. Oh, uh, tell me about Lyra Valkyria because that basically just screams to me that NXT had Taya Valkyrie for a while, and then they were like, "Oh, we're going to change your name and change your gimmick and make you do something that's that's way less cool, and then we're going to give that gimmick to somebody who can't pull off your gimmick." Well, it it does feel like that, except Lyra Valkyria. This is the name that she's been using for a while. She's been using this NXT UK. Why they brought her in, I don't know, because they don't need any other women. Uh, but I guess they like her enough that they wanted to keep her under contract while when they folded NXT UK before they build NXT NXT Europe, if in fact they still go forward with that. So they want to, you know, there's a bunch. They brought in a lot of people from Europe. They probably didn't actually need to, but I guess they want to keep a hold on. Anyway, she, 
her gimmick is basically that she's a huntress. You know, she's a huntress. She's she's not really going full Vikings because there already are Vikings, and she's not going full witch because they already have Isla Dawn doing the full witch thing. So she sort of has like a half committal character. Mm. She's pretty good. You know, she's she's just she's, she's just there as a worker, and she she acted pretty much as the ring general on this, even though you would think that that's what Zoe was for in that. Uh, Indy is a veteran, but I still don't. She still doesn't have that experience feel to me. Uh, sure. But you know, the thing with Dexter and really the whole way thing, including with Austin Theory in it, that whole thing worked. That was a, that was that was an NXT phenomenon, almost like the Broken gimmick. Universe. Yeah, yeah, almost like the Broken Universe was an impact, and maybe it wouldn't work anyplace else. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that the way would work any any place else just because of who the pe- people are. Anyway, so this was the constitution of the match, and th- those are the, the you know Indy's story has basically been that she wasn't supposed to get in be. She's been doing a lot of losing, sort of like. Baron Corbin, she's not sure what's wrong with her. She, she, you know, what's going on? Her husband's never around, blah, blah, blah. She saw him meandering, but she got herself into the match. Zoe is like, you know, the cocky one. You know, she's almost like, she's almost like natty with an attitude. Like, you know, if you're, if you're a new up and comer, I'm going to put you in your place. So that, that's basically her. So that, that's all of the people in the ring and they're sort of their backstories. Right on. Well, um, as far as the match goes, I was, uh, I was actually surprised at how, uh, well, everybody worked in this. I mean, this was this was not a this was not a classic or anything. I mean, it's a yeah. five person ladder match, so it was bound to be a clusterfuck of some kind. But, um, sorry, six person uh, ladder match. Um, but I actually was surprised at how well everybody was sort of delivering. Uh, you know, the the general moves, like you said, there is a pretty big gap generally between the talent of those who are on X in NXT and those who are on the main roster. But I'm starting to think that there might be a big gap between the people in NXT and the people in AEW, uh, because, you know, generally when I see five, you know, six person ladder match and it's a AEW type pay-per-view, it's just going to be tables and spots and things that nothing's going to really make sense. It's just going to be an excuse for people to flip. And uh, this wasn't that they had some pretty hellacious spots, uh, specifically uh, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, did yeah. she destroy her back on that, on that spot she took? Cause that was rough. Um, uh, but I, I actually rough. liked the match. I thought that this was a pretty good um, heavy hitting ladder match to sort of start the night off. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Also, um, you know, I agree with your your sentiment. This is not an all time classic, but NXT does this well. They 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 do these matches that you think are going to be complete clusters, and they sort of make sense of it. I mean, that's you know, if if Sean is the agent with this, I mean, you can criticize a lot of Sean's booking. It's it's you know, sort of simple. It's sort it's sort of almost like you know, you know, elementary middle school type booking. But the 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 agency in the matches, the choreography is is done pretty well. And you can tell how when he constitutes the match, he he wants to have, you know, sometimes you have someone that go, why are they in the match? And but you if you just think they're there to make sure everyone doesn't screw up and people are in the right right places. That said, there were there were two parts during the match which I thought were noteworthy in a negative way. One was what you just pointed out. Tiffany Stratton did basically a swanton out of out of the ring onto what was supposed to be three women who should have caught her and None of the three were exactly in right the right position, and they may have broken her fall just enough, but they didn't catch her. Like she's supposed to fall on them, um, you know, or close enough to on them. And it it wasn't that. It was sort of like, well, I mean, I, I hate to go back to uh, AEW, but 
almost every time that Sammy Guevara does one of those crazy flips out and he's, you know, supposed to take someone down, fall him, but he only sort of only one of his arms goes over their head and barely, you know, that barely does it. And, and, you know, they're supposed to be knocked down. That was this except less. And it did look like she could have done severe damage to her back. And I hope not for a lot of reasons, including the purient one that she is phenomenal to look at. She's also really good. Uh, she was out for about half of last year. And if she wasn't, she would have definitely been a rookie of the year candidate. She would have been my, my rookie of the year, um, not candidate, the the rookie of the year. She owns her character. And conventional wisdom is, is that she you know, would be the next champion. I knew she wasn't going to win this match, but I was wrong. And the reason I thought it's because Roxanne Perez had to prove herself that she, that she, that she was in fact, the little engine that could, you know, especially after the, I have to show the world that I can overcome my anxiety. The other terrible spot was at some point, Indy Hartwell was going to climb up the ladder, but she must've gotten there too early or the other people didn't set up. They set up too late and she was climbing up there literally like she was, you know, seeing the Holy Grail and she could see through the light and she was, you know, all of a sudden like the the winds of, of hell were blowing against her and she could barely move up there. It was, it was such slow, like ladder climbing in ladder matches in wrestling is always ridiculously slow. This made those look normal. It was, it was so bad until finally Lyra, Lyra Valkyrie got up there and, and, and it was not the only time that Indy sort of flirted with ladder in a, in a goofy way, but I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, well, I mean, either that or, um, you know, the other thing that's possible there is that uh, she, like Powerhouse Hobbs, is just really fucking scared of climbing ladders. So maybe if she would have had four referees hold the ladder for her, she might have gotten up there a little faster. We don't know. You know, that's a good point. And it would make the, the end make even more sense where she got some uh, emotional support. Yeah, it was good. Um, I did like the end. Speaking of the end, I liked that it looked like she had you know, hurt her legs and she wasn't capable of climbing. You know, she was sort of there all alone looking up going, oh my God, like I have an opportunity here, but I can't get it because my damn legs won't work. I've injured myself and I can't get up. And then Dexter Loomis comes in, you know, he, he puts, puts her on his shoulders and he climbs the, climbs the ladder for her and she's able to grab it. Um, again, I, this is like, their little story is like a guilty pleasure for me. I like it. It's fun. Um, although the whole stalker gets the girl thing is a little bit too prevalent in professional wrestling. So, uh, but, uh, but other than that, I really like this. He never really stalked her. He was more like silent. He let it be known that he was interested by drawing her pictures. You know, he was, it, it was, it was a it little was bit cute. less than typical. It was cute. I, you know, some people who have very little going for them, so, you know, not together, sometimes the chemistry just works. Like Last Legend, who hasn't amounted to much of anything as of yet, when she was with Pretty Deadly, it was terrific. It was magic. Now, I guess Pretty Deadly doesn't, doesn't need anyone, and I guess they want her to focus on wrestling, but I don't know why they ever broke that up together. I just thought it was great. But yeah, the, the the whole way worked. I mean, it I got it got to the point where I did not grimace when I would see the Garganos on TV because I knew it was going to be funny. And Johnny Gargano's funny. He has good comedic timing. He's just not interesting in any other way, shape, or form. And yeah, sure, he's a good technical wrestler, but he's also really, really small. And I'm all set with that. I there are people who are not really small who are also good technical wrestlers. So you know, I, I, I'm you know, I'm all set, especially since he doesn't have much of a personality. But in NXT, he's a legend. So there you go. It, it, but the, yeah, so 
this was cute. Yeah, Dexter walked up. I, I assume it was no DQ, so there was no problem with the outside interference. At some point, I mean, the reason that the, the I brought up Toxic Attraction earlier is because Gigi Dolan, who a lot of people thought was going to win this match, when she was going up there, climbing the ladder to get the, the belt, JC Jane, her rival, ran in and basically attacked her and, and you know, clobbered her off, off of the ladder, and Gigi Dolan was never seen again, basically. You know, her fall was so devastating that, that you know, I, I don't remember seeing the refs, like, carry her out or, or stretch or anything like that, but we just didn't see her again. So she was basically, you know, and J.C. Jane, you know, looked great and then was making faces, and it was very much, I got you, bitch, I got you. Um, but, yeah, in, in the end, Indy Hartwell, someone who I never thought would have the NXT title, has the NXT Women's Championship you know, it was cute the way they did it. I, I appreciated that. It was nice. It was nice to see, you know, almost all of the members of the way were there tonight. Um, and, you know, they were there to get a little, re, little NXT reunion. Sans th- Theory, who's sort of outgrown that. Um, Clearly. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I just hope Tiffany Stratton is okay. You know, the wind was knocked out of her or nothing. Maybe, you know, maybe it was nothing because that was really the end of the match was that everybody else was basically wiped out on the floor uh looking up at indy really helpless to do anything about it right um, let's yeah. talk about that for a second because yes. that was sort of a thing that i that i noticed and i saw and i thought what the fuck is this girl doing um roxanne perez um was one of the three or four women who had been I think taken out by Tiffany Stratton and we're down laying selling um, and looking up at Indy Hartwell as she climbed the ladder and grabbed the championship and became the women's world champion. And Roxanne Perez's reaction was to smile lovingly at her friend who had just won the championship. That was hers. And that she fought back from, you know, that she fought, you know, back from injury to to just get in there because it it mattered so much to her that she was a part of this match and she lost her championship to Indy Hartwell and seemed genuinely happy for her. Now, I don't I don't doubt that the person of Roxanne Perez was genuinely happy to see her friend Indy Hartwell win the women's championship in a really really nice way. Don't fucking sell that while you're out in the crowd. You don't do that. You get you go to the back, you give him a beer, you give him a hug, you tell our Indy, I'm so proud of you. This was so awesome. I just I hope you kill it out there. You don't do it in front of the crowd. It's like it's like if you went to a it's like if you went to a play and you saw Macbeth congratulating people after they murdered him or something. Like <laughs> this is not the way you do it. This is not right. what this is not what's done in a live show. Right. That's exactly right. Because this, while it is theater of sorts in regular theater, that's why they say curtain closes. And when the curtain closes, you can stop acting. But while the curtain is still open, you keep acting. And Roxanne Perez failed to do it. She could not contain it. And if I were the people who were bringing her up, I would either make sure she understands that or I would test her a little bit more um, before I brought her up. Because that is terrible. Now, ironically, uh, Charlotte sort of did the same thing, right? but it comes off a little bit differently with her because she has the credentials of 14 prior world championships and, and an NXT championship and multiple, you know, probably tag team champions a few times as well that 
you know, when she does it, it could be like, I can't believe she got me. It could be, a, you know, her smile is sort of evil. Her smile, <laughs> her smile sort of looks like, looks like the, the Joker about to, you know, shoot you. So uh, you, you can get away with it. But, you know, I, I felt a little bit, bit bad feeling that Roxy, I keep saying Roxy because that's what she's been called until she was an essay. Roxanne Perez was doing that. And then Charlotte, who, you know, probably is the greatest female wrestler of all time, is definitely the greatest female wrestler right now. Um you know, sort of doing doing the same thing on a much bigger stage. Uh, so it's almost like, you know, everyone's breaking kayfabe. But absent that, I agree with what you said 100%. There was not, no director said, cut! No, yeah, there was, yeah, exactly. It's live, pal. Um, yeah. But, uh, but hey, um, you know, the next thing that happened here on the show is that uh, we got to see Gallus, which is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, uh, mm-hmm. who are both apparently... Scottish. Scottish. I, I don't know why Wolfgang is a Scotsman, but that's fine. <clears throat> um. Anyway, they were having a beer. So sure, uh, you I, do. You are Scottish, Irish, from Germanic descent. You know that the the Latspiel migrated from one place to the other. I tell you, my family has no Scottish in it at all, and I and I resent the accusation. Okay. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, but uh, just like them, I will invite our fans to go ahead and have a beer because we'll be back after these messages. All right. All righty. Welcome back. Uh, we're here to talk uh, about uh, NXT Stand and Deliver, and we're on uh, match two of the night. It is a triple threat tag match the NXT Tag Team Championship between Gallus, uh, the Family, and the Creed Brothers. Um, I don't. I don't think I've watched any of these people work before. Uh, maybe Wolfgang once or twice. Um, tell me about the story behind why these three teams are having a three-way tag match for the NXT Championships. Why, indeed? That's a pretty good question. Now. Two of the teams make sense, Gallus and the Creeds. Gallus won the NXT championships. Uh, most people were surprised that they won the tag team championships. They were not predicted. However, I did predict them. I'm one of the few people who actually did predict them. I think I was perfect on the last NXT show where there was titles. Um, and I, I don't remember what my reasons were, but I'm sure they were sensational. Uh, the Creeds are, you know, they're an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of amateur background and those type of skills uh they're big they're burly uh you know one of them sort of looks and hits sort of like a combination of a, a steiner or a brock lesnar he's sort of like a bam bam kind of figure hmm. not terry bam bam gordy but more like bam bam from the flintstones uh bam, the bam. other one exactly the the other one is is sort of like a combination of cesaro if he had a move set sort of like Chad Gable, um, you know, so they're sort of they're sort of a throwback team in a lot of ways. Like they fit very well in a varsity club, but they are fairly green. Everybody wants to, you know, make them great and bring them up to the main roster and you know strap the rocket to them. And I under I want that too, but it, there's something not quite ready with them. They were in Diamond Mine, which was almost doomed from inception. Uh, they, they, people kept getting released from Diamond Mine. Uh, Roderick Strong kept getting hurt. Nobody knows where Roderick Strong is now, except that he's probably still under contract to NXT but or WWE, but no one's really talking about. Malcolm Malcolm Bivens, who is now Stokely 
uh, Hathaway uh, was their manager, and that made sense. They they had Ivy Nile, who was sort of tagging with a woman named Tatum Paxley. Anyway, it's it's sort of been a mess, diamond mine wise. Gallus won the titles. They have the titles. The Beth, the Creeds, they had a feud with Inda Cher, who is Veer, who was coming for a while and then ended up going back down to NXT. With Sangha, who's a giant, they're a pretty interesting team, but then they had sent Ginger Mahal to go down to manage them, which made them less interesting in my view. Um, in any event, they they won their feud with Inda Cher, a very impressive team, and so they were number one contenders. One day they go drinking in a pub with the Gallus is known to frequent and they're all faces. So they're, they're playing darts and drinking beers and, you know, and then they're like talking about how physical it's going to be. And for whatever reason, Tony D'Angelo and Chaz uh, Lorenzo, uh, who's, you know, now they're the family. There was a third member who is now Cole Carter in, in uh, AEW. Sometimes he is sometimes, most of the time he's not. Um, Anyway, they're doing a mafia gimmick where nobody else looks like they're even vaguely Italian um, in it, uh, and somehow their faces for reasons. Uh, anyway, they stumbled into the same bar, talk business, but they ended up all getting drunk together, having a good time. And they're like, "Hey, how about we go? We go in this match with you?" And the Creed's are like, "All right." And Gallows is like, "The more the merrier. We don't care. We like fighting." Uh, so that 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 that's the whole story there. The real story is. They brought this third team in so that Chaz could be pinned because he's the pin eater to protect the Creeds who, you know, aren't ready yet to, to carry the torch and so that Gallus could win. Because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. They, you know, they're they're sort of like, they're not as flashy moveset as Aussie Open. And I compare them to Aussie Open because they kind of have builds like the, the bigger guy in Aussie Open, but they actually look like they're tough as opposed to they're about to get double hip surgery. Yeah, Wolfgang um, looks like he can still walk. Yeah, all of them do. Like, like none of them look like people that you'd want to fight with. They look, they, look, they look like the mean drunks in a corner who definitely enjoy throwing their, their ham-sized fists. Right, exactly. Um, so this match was the shortest match on the card. It went eight minutes and 11 seconds. Um, Gallus wins when Mark Coffey's brother, whose name escapes me. Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey uh, returned. And yes. I don't think anybody in this crowd knew what the fuck was going on. I certainly didn't know what the fuck was going on, even though I was listening to commentary. Um, and he returned to help them uh, win. So Gallus retains. And uh, it looked like there was a little bit of dissension there in the family, um, but maybe that's just Italians being angry that they were beaten by Scots. I don't know. It could be. It's it's a European on European violence. You hate to see it, except when you like to see it. Um, yeah. So the the brothers' coffee are back reunited. They said he had visa issues. I don't know if that's the case or not. Anyway, yeah, it took a while for me to look at him and go, especially I thought it was Steve Macklin. Um, I'm like, wait, he's an impact. They're like. Oh, that's the brother. Because his his hair, he dyed it like blondish, and you know, so and it's not like he was around for that much or made that much of an impression. But then when you see him next to his brother, you're like, oh, of course, because they, they they very similar. Anyway, yeah. So get, that also helped protect the teams that you have the third guy come in from surprise, you know, wearing the hoodie because nobody can recognize someone in a hoodie. Um, Never. There was a gray hoodie, not not a black hoodie. So totally different thing. Anyway, yeah. So this match does, you know, this. This match was not great. It was fine. But like you said, it was mercifully short. Gallus boys remain on top. Yep. 
Cool. Um, let's move on here. We have uh, the next match here was for the uh, NXT North American Championship. Um, the belt that I actually think is the prettiest belt, the prettiest actual physical championship in professional wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love that belt. Um, and again, I'm not a belt guy, but like that one's pretty cool looking. Uh, but the NXT North American Championship is in, is up for grabs in a fatal five-way match between uh, Wesley uh, Dragon Lee, who apparently are not related, um, Axiom, uh, Ilya Dragonoff. So Dragon Lee apparently has two cousins here, as there's a Dragonoff <laughs> and a Wes Lee, um, and then there's J.D. McDonough, uh, also a part of this match. So I actually texted you while this while I was watching this match. It wasn't while it was going on because I didn't watch it live, but while I was watching this match, I texted you and I said. Didn't this JD McDonough guy used to go by a different name last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you explained to me that uh, JD was, of course, short for uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, and basically, the problem here is that WWE owns the name McDonough and they don't own the name Devlin. So they changed his name to McDonough, uh, which is just funny to me um, because every single Irishman apparently has the ne- has a last name that starts with Mick. That's great. Well, there's some that were O. Yeah, Mick Mac or O. Um, yeah. gotta love it. Um Perfect. this was a this was an interesting match. There was a lot of it was a lot of get your shit in type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but basically everybody in this match is legitimately physically impressive in terms of things that they can do. Um Wesley, uh I've definitely seen him before in some tag team stuff. I, I watched him quite a bit when he was in impact. Uh, I liked his gimmick and impact a lot better than whatever it is he's doing now. Um, Dragon Lee is physically really impressive, although he's very, very small. He's even smaller than his brother, who is also small, um, who is, of course, the white bull Arush. Um, Ilya Dragunov, if he was, man, if he was about three inches taller and about 40 pounds heavier, that guy would be world championship material. I really, yes. really like the way that guy moves around the ring. Um, but yeah, it was sort of a get your shit in spot fest kind of a fatal five-way match that uh, that Wesley winds up winning. Uh, Jeff, what did you think yeah. of the match? Yeah, I, I thought this was a really good match. This was probably the match of the night. Uh, maybe there's no probably about it. Yeah. Um, these, these five guys are all cruiserweights they're all sort of little guys but they worked really well together they had some really good timing axiom who's probably the littlest of them all did a drop kick but it was a low drop kick to some guys one guy's head as he was coming down the timing was perfect um it was Dragon Lee, who was doing a flip who was doing a backflip right. at the time and he got drop kicked in the face that I, literally i i was watching it with my with my girls and i was watching it and i went wow so some editorial on on Wesley for those of people who are not familiar with my positions on Wesley is I think Wesley is good enough, small enough, and likable enough that he actually could be what they wanted Ricochet to be, basically a new Rey Mysterio, the the perennial underdog that somehow you can believe he can do it because he's just that good and just doesn't have that that quit. His old gimmick was basically a stoner. Like a party guy that's sort of stoned, but but could you know get it on when he needed to, and by get it on, I mean you know fight, not you know not go to the club and you know you know come home with a bunch of you know I don't know never I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right now. Um, Dragon Lee, okay, he's really small, uh, and he's he's a lot shorter than Roosh. 
but he was he used to be jacked i mean he was basically like pack um and he is not now so clearly he had to get himself ready to get in shape for the wellness policy after coming off all of the juice and he is not nearly as physically impressive as he used to be like i Anyone knows me knows that I was banging the drum that if WWE could sign Dragon Lee, they'd, they'd have one of the best luchadors in the world. And this is back before Bandito signed with AEW. I'm like, sign them both and you will have the two best luchadors in in the world. Certainly at least the two that there are available right now. Right now. Um, if and, only AEW had a cruiserweight division and if ran only. that properly. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've said before, WWE should bring back the cruiserweight belt so that some of these guys can have matches like this and have something to do on the main roster, uh, among others. But this is not what this show is about. Um, so they all work very well together. Just going to say Dragon Lee, a uh, bit of a disappointment in what he looks like compared to how he looked. If you if you see some Ring of Honor video from like a year and a half ago, you'll see what I mean. Um, anyway, I mean, he's looked more like he looked more like Buddy Matthews. Now he looks more like his brother, Jolistico, not not even Roosh. Anyway, the guys all worked well together. Um, it was a banger of a match. I know that that's overplayed, but this really was. You're 100% right about Dragunov. If, if he was four inches taller and you know 30 or 40 pounds heavier, he, he'd be in the conversation for everything. Right now, he, he's just too damn small, and he's constantly injuring himself with his with his hard-hitting style. He's he, he hits as hard as Chris Benoit, including how hard Chris Benoit would hit himself. Um, ironically, J.D. McDonough is probably what Chris Benoit would have looked like if he hadn't used steroids for 15 years. Um, J.D. McDonough is someone who I don't want to like because his head is so gigantic and his body is so weird, but I've actually come to like him because he's really embraced his character sort of as the psychotic, you know, skeletal expert. Like the, it's like he's like an MD who wants to I- impose pain on people. Um, and he's you know really a cerebral assassin, but he's basically mainly there to elevate other talent. I can see why they brought back some of the the UK and NXT guys, uh, NXT UK people and the European talent. And that's partly because of the failure of the NXT men's division to develop a whole lot of wrestlers that are any good. Now the women's division, my God, I mean they're, they're practically at a hundred percent. But um, anyway, really good match. Wesley retained probably the right result. Um, I think everybody should be really proud that they were involved in this match. Yeah, uh, great match, really, really good. Um, reminded me a lot of like why I liked the NXT um, programming six years ago when I first started watching it. It was one of those matches where you went, "Wow, that was pretty impressive." Um, it was definitely a get your shit in type of thing, but it was a get your shit shit in type of thing that you knew that's what they were doing, and you know you walked into it knowing that that's what it was. It didn't look like anybody got super injured. Certainly nobody had their leg bend the opposite way uh, or anything horrific like that. Um, So, yeah, it was good. Um, As far as, yeah, these guys coming out of this, uh, I think I agree with you. I think Wes Lee uh, and Ilya Dragunov are probably the two guys with the most real star potential. Although I think that Dragunov specifically would have to put on some muscle. And Wes Lee would be one of those... um, He's always the underdog, but every once in a while he pulls out the miraculous win for an intercontinental championship run or two in his career. And I'd love to see that. Um, But yeah, good match. Um, The next one here is an unsanctioned match, which is a weird thing to have in the middle of a card. Uh, Johnny Gargano 
defeats Grayson Waller. And um, I I was really surprised at the result here. Um, not so much because uh, Grayson, I know that Grayson Waller is apparently the one coming up, one of the three people coming up after this show. So it makes sense for him to lose. But Johnny Gargano's already on the main roster. Couldn't they have built somebody off of getting rid of Grayson Waller? Um, <clears throat> as far as the match itself, uh, there was uh, quite a bit of Gaga sort of stuff with, uh, you know, Candice LeRae, and there was weapons, and there was this, that, and the other thing. And Their baby. Um, yeah, the baby. The baby was there. Um, it was one of those things where, like, I'm watching it, and I'm going, okay, there's too much stuff going on. But my youngest, Freya, was watching it and going, why, why is that man fighting with that woman? I don't like him. Uh, so I guess it got the right audience. Um, you know, if, if what they're looking for is six-year-olds to be really invested in what's going on. But, uh, as far as me, I like Johnny Gargano as in, as much as I respect what he's done in NXT, but he's only ever been a great foil. And I mean that as a heel and I mean that as a heel and a face, he's been great as a foil to other great wrestlers. Tommaso Ciampa was absolutely the A in that, uh, in that feud that they had, um, Johnny Gargano being the clear number two in that feud. Um, and this match just didn't do a lot for me. Um, but Jeff, what say you? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right about the, the, you know, the, the unsanctioned nature of the match. And, and here's a little bit of the history when Johnny Gargano, when his contract ran out with WWE and he was going to be a free agent and, and Candace was, you know, the pregnant. So, you know, he was going to take time off to think about it. You know, nobody knew where he was going to go. I mean, of course, everyone speculated he'd go to AEW with, with some of his buddies who knew uh, Ciampa was already on the main roster, but wasn't really doing very well. Nobody even remembers he's there now. Uh, by the way, they, the Ciampa and Gargano should forever be in NXT. Not because I love him so much, but I mean, it, People say, there's nothing left for them to do there. That's like saying if you become a partner in your business, saying there's nothing left for you to do there, so you go somewhere else. No, you. if you're at the pinnacle of, of, of your workplace, yeah. you, you you stay there. You, there's no, Nothing is guaranteed to be better somewhere else. Well, and Rick, you've won the NWA world title. There's <laughs> nothing left for you to do. Right. We, we would, if, if, if people adhere to that, you wouldn't have you know the 16-time the world champion. I mean, it, it People are just goofy or the longest reigning champion. It's like, you know, it's time to move on. And, you know, you, you need to get your new Japan title or your AAA title, just dumb. But anyway, so what happened is that, is that Grayson Waller ran behind him, hit him with a chair in the back. And basically it was an injury ankle to write him off the TV. So when Shawn Michaels was being challenged by Grayson Waller, which was sort of the, the understory that, you know, Grayson Waller's mad Shawn Michaels saying, you cheat me out of every match. I, I never get opportunities. And Shawn Michaels was like, you just got two opportunities and, and you lost both. One, I gave you a rematch because the, the rings the ring malfunctioned. And so I thought that wasn't fair, but you got a second opportunity and you lost. So what are you complaining about? So it was basically he was doing the you're conspiring against me thing, and Sean was going, No, you're not. And he was challenging Sean and Sean's like hashtag you know, Sammy did it better. Right. Uh and Sean's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm retired and all, but you know, someone will. And so from the logic of long-term booking the wrestling continuity, it did make sense for Gargano to do it. However, as you pointed out, 
he was he's only recently been on the main roster and not exactly killing it. I mean, in the ring, he's doing fine. They put him in important matches as a ring general to make sure that nobody fucks up and everyone's where they're supposed to be. But yeah, it was a little bit weird. They could have had someone else be his champion. Maybe it would have been a good time for Ciampa to come back. I you know, I don't know. That might have been more exciting. In any event, I on a side note, they say that no matter how old you are. You remember somewhere in your brain everything that's ever happened to you. At they've had this father being in fights and being beaten down in front of this baby twice now, and that's assuming that the the vignettes was was a one taping, a one take thing. And I don't know that 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 that's not going to have some effect on that baby at some point. Yes, I know they're one years old, but if that's true, somewhere in there oblongata or, or medulla or cerebellum or somewhere that that's stored somewhere and that 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 can't be a good thing i think there was a bad call twice anyway you're you're right a lot of gaga pretty brutal match gargano won it's an unsanctioned match so it doesn't count it's not a blot on grayson waller's record even though he loses most matches anyway and it was brutal it was delivered it was this was this was a stand and deliver they stood and they delivered um i'm sure we'll be seeing pictures all over the internet of all the singapore cane bruises and welts and blood spots on on Grayson Waller's back. Well, if one thing that if 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 watching AEW has taught me one thing and then you know learning from the John Moxley tree over the last number of years has has helped me really realize something it's that taking Sing- Singapore cane shots to the back doesn't make you a good worker. Um and I'm I mean I watched this match I've seen some other things from Grayson Waller if they really think that this guy's a star um, I'm excited to see what they do with them because I don't see it. Uh, yeah, really. They have the Miz, they have Austin Theory, they have Logan Paul now. I I, I don't see why they need another. They've got one just six like people it. on the roster who do this better than he does. So, right. good luck. Yeah, I don't I don't see it either. All right, well, moving on. Uh, we've got a tag team match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. They're still doing this, huh? Tag Team mm-hmm. Championships. Um. <clears throat> Let me get these names right. Fallon Henley and Kiana James are defeated by Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Is that right? Alba and Isla? Yeah, well done. Yeah. Cool. Uh, So Fire and Dawn uh, Mm -hmm. become the new NXT Women's women's Tag Team Champions uh, after what was not a great match. Um, But uh, yeah. And also some very convoluted and bad acting uh, from Kiana and Fallon's, uh, are they boyfriends, Brooks and Josh? Uh, So here's where it gets confusing. So Josh Briggs, no, just friends with all of them. Brooks Jensen thinks that Kiana's his girlfriend, but they only first had an on-screen kiss this past NXT. So all this time... It's all, it, it, he only got his way to a kiss. The whole thing is that he's a, a virgin. So that's so. The, the, this is this has gone back to Fallon Henley's family's bar was in trouble, and Kiana James was going to buy it, and there was a match for control of of the, the bar, and Fallon uh, Fallon Henley won that. So Kiana James actually honored it, and she sort of insinuated her way into the team. Fallon uh, Kiana James, by the way, is sort of like she's a business tycoon. Um, it, it's her, her acting is porn-tastic. Um, she has an assistant who's amazing looking, but hasn't been on too much, which is a shame. Um, 
But uh, if you follow on Instagram, it makes it all worthwhile. Anyway, yes, it's convoluted. And the thing is, Fallon is a face. They want to do things the right way. She's sort of like a young Mickey James without, well, the charisma, the looks. Um, and Kiana is, I want to win at all costs. Kiana had a loaded purse. And she's like, give me the purse, give me the purse. And, and Brooks and Jensen are like, no, it's, uh, it's Briggs and Jensen <laughs> are like, are like, I keep wanting to say Brooks and Dunn. They're like, no, we want to do it the right way because that's worked out so well for them. They don't so want to well have friends them. in low places, Jeff. They do not, or titles, apparently. Uh, and they refuse, and, and this, of course, causes some dissension. So the much better team of Isla Dawn, who's an evil witch, uh, like a Celtic witch from Ireland, and Alba Fire, who's a warrior woman from Scotland, um, who've teamed up after having a short rivalry, um, and they're awesome together, and they were awesome here, and they beated, beat Fiona, uh, Kiana and Fallon relatively easily, partly because of the dissension, so we're going to get more of this silly convoluted story. Oh, and Kiana apparently has been cheating on Jensen with somebody named Sebastian, so I'm assuming Sebastian is somebody from the Performance Center who we will see shortly or maybe even a free agent that they've signed and been training up in secret who knows awesome um <clears throat> i guess we i guess we have a new nickname for jeff sebastian sebastian um this was first of all the match wasn't great um i do like the the gimmick there with fire and dawn um obviously it's a it's an easy gimmick to like um but also <sighs> The commentary needs to do a better job of telling me what they're seeing on screen and not telling me the story that they want to see on screen because they talked relentlessly throughout this match about how they, you know, uh, Fallon and Kiana are having such a hard time getting along and they're just, they're not, they're not able to, I saw very crisp tags. I saw them working together just fine as a tag team. It looked like one of them wanted the purse and the other one didn't even after the match. Um, the one who wanted the purse was upset about losing the championship, but she wasn't looking at her partners going, you fucking idiots. She was right. looking in the ring longingly at her championship belts while her friends consoled her. They, they have to tell the story that's being told in the ring. That's your job. Mm -hmm. And Kiana can tell the story. The rest of them don't seem to know how to, and they've been there longer. I mean, this whole match started out with Alba Fire coming off the, the top to do a swanton, which was going to hit Fallon Henley. Kiana James pushed Fallon Henley out of the way and took it for her. She basically took the bullet for her, and Fallon Henley is still so mad because Kiana James has a secret boyfriend uh, that, that's not as lame as Jensen, that, that she's angry about it, and she does, doesn't want to win. Um, Kiana James is surprisingly good. People should look out for her. She's she's stuck in this story with, the, with these basically zeros. John Briggs at least is big. And he can hit physically, like he, like if, like if JBL took him under his wing instead of Baron Corbin, that could that could possibly have worked. Um, sure. But uh, the, the guy Jensen, he's got nothing. He's apparently his father's a wrestler as well. I don't know who he is. Uh, I, I mean, I literally, I might know who the wrestler is, but I don't know who's who his dad is. But they don't work well together. Them as a tag team is lame. Um, I want to like Fallon Henley, but I just don't. Uh, so, uh, and I love. The, the second I saw Isla Dawn, I'm like, oh, my God, this is like Harley Quinn. She does Harley Quinn, but she also does 
the the she she's got that evil smile that Rhea has so well, but she does the witch thing better than Scarlet does the witch thing. It's like it's like she's all of those characters rolled up to one, and and she's not even that attractive, but she's so evil and sultry about it. She just moves in a serpentine manner that I'm just like uh, I'm I'm all up in her shit. Like it's the opposite of of. Uh, movie pitch it's like i i am not going to get up off of that back i am going to get all the way on that back and and you can try to stop me but you but i will overcome because it'll be super easy barely an inconvenience (laughs) good callbacks um all right good good deal um i like you definitely think that uh the star of this of this of this group of people here is probably Isla Dawn. Um, Alba Fire is probably the next one uh, for me, and everybody else can just stick around in NXT until they figure out how to do this. Um, speaking of sticking around in NXT, uh, let's get to the main event uh, for somebody yeah. who has stuck around in NXT for a little while, and that is the NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Um, he defends his world championship or his NXT championship against, uh, Carmelo Hayes, who, uh, apparently started with him. Uh, we got this little story in the back, you know, sort of be- before the match started about how they were both part of the same, uh, recruiting class for NXT. Um, but Carmelo Hayes is upset that, uh, you know, Braun Breaker was sort of, uh, the first one to get there and get to the championship and Carmelo Hayes has had to work a lot harder, et cetera, et cetera. Is I, I was confused a little bit. Is Carmelo Hayes meant to be a heel? Here's the interesting thing. And I'm glad that you noticed that because I know you don't follow NXT. So it means they told the story well. So yes, you got the backdrop very well. They came up together, but you know, Braun Breaker sort of got everything. Carmelo had a way to work for it. Now let's forget the Carmelo won the NXT breakout tournament. He also had the North American title, I think, twice. Uh, you know, So he he's had plenty of good things thrown his way. He's had Trick Williams with him his whole time. But here's the thing that very few people have been talking about, and it may be because very few people watch or follow NXT. Uh, so I have, But I haven't really even heard it in, in people who cover NXT. That for the last six to ten weeks, they've sort of been subtly doing very well that Carmelo Hayes is sort of turning facey. He wants to do everything the right way. He wants to prove to the world that he's the best and he can do it as his own. And Trick is basically given a lip service, but Trick is like, you know, we're 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 still going to trick our way into this. We're going to do whatever we need. We're gonna we're gonna Eddie Guerrero lie cheat and steal if we need to. You know, we're we're gonna do whatever we have to. It's almost like Fallon and Cannon James, where you got you know one face there and one heel, but the heel is trying to be a, a, a secret face while still. You know, not being so secret about the heel. So, what happened? The, the only thing that was noteworthy in this match, but I think was otherwise sort of underwhelming, just okay, uh, was that at some point Trick Williams hit Braun Breaker with the belt on the back of the head. Uh, that only led to a, a near fall, two count plus. Uh, but Mello didn't see it. And this is not the first time Mello hasn't seen things that Trick does. And apparently, Mello, for all of his studying and whatever, doesn't watch NXT and doesn't watch his matches back. Um, so I think that the schism between mellow and trick is going to be the, the next thing. And that's going to be sort of a, a nice, easy transition, transitional feud for mellow. Um, but yeah, it's a good question because I think mellow actually is a face now and it's going to become official once he calls out trick Williams on that. Um, you know, saying I didn't want this victory to be tarnished and you, you almost tarnished it. You did tarnish it. Uh, you know, and and Braun Breaker won't be around anymore. Because he'll, you know, probably 
either show up tonight to open an open challenge or they'll introduce them on raw or whatever tomorrow night on you know uh, on raw so yeah but that that was the interesting take of the match the rest of it i don't know what you thought but i i i didn't think it was anything special i just thought it was okay yeah it was a pretty disinteresting match um although like i I'll say a couple of things. Um, Carmelo definitely comes across as somebody with a ton of charisma, like like yeah. real star charisma. Um, I don't know that he has the size to become like a world championship uh, type guy on the main roster, but he's definitely a guy who you could put on TV. Um, he's got the right kind of charisma for that. And people, I, I, I often like to remind people, you know, Chris Jericho isn't, was never really a world championship level guy either. He was more of an intercontinental champion. Uh, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon. There are lots of legendary professional wrestlers who really were slotted best as uh, upper mid-card talent and had a ton of charisma and were great wrestlers. Um, if that's all that guy ever gets to, he will have had one of the most successful careers in the history of professional wrestling. So, sure. you know, don't, don't count that out. So when I say a guy might not have the size to become world champion, I'm not saying they don't have anything or they're not going to go anywhere. I just, I'm not sure that he has quite the size to, to get to the tip tippy top of the mountain, but lots of charisma. I liked him a lot. I did. I did think that it was a bit of a subtle story there where he's got a manager who's cheating and he's sort of looking up at the lights after he won the title and think, you know, doing the cross yourself thing where he's thanking God. Um, so nice little thing there. As far as Braun Breaker, this was only about the third or fourth time I've ever seen him work. Um, he works a solid match. He's not overly stiff like his dad. Um, he's not he's not not stiff though he still looks like he's laying his shit in um and as far as like where i think he slots on the roster i actually think that he has a very similar slotting on the main roster i don't see the charisma there for him to become a world champion um i've certainly never heard him give a promo that i thought that i thought to myself oh wow this guy could definitely main event a wrestlemania um but again not a bad place to be and if you're you know if you're the new Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, where you might get a world championship run once in your career, but you're slotted in the intercontinental title scene. It's a great career to have. And um, that's sort of what I see for both of these guys, you know, for different reasons. Carmelo Hayes, because I just don't think he has the size and Braun Breaker, because I just don't think he has the charisma. But this was a fine match. Uh, again, like you said, the five way uh, for the NXT North American Championship was definitely the match of the night. Um, Overall, I guess my grade for this show would be like a B. Um, I, I think like you, this was a good, this, this was good. I mean, it was, it was good. It was good wrestling. Um, everybody had good matches. There wasn't too much of a, there wasn't too many things that I thought, okay, that's spot festy. Even the, you know, even the North American championship match, you know, even the ladder match to begin with, uh, everything sort of told a story and everything sort of followed some logic. So, um, yeah, I like this show quite a bit, even though, again, I had just watched it as a show, but it gets a B for me. It was good. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes to me, like you said, that natural charisma, he sort of got that devil may care, sort of the Errol Flynn, you know, Robin hood pirate kind of character, sort of like, uh, Carrie, Yules was in the, in the Princess Bride that that kind of a uh, swab that works for a face and a, or a heel. 
Uh, I agree with you on Braun. I think that Braun should never speak. He's someone who would really benefit from Malcolm Bivens slash Stokely Hathaway. Uh, you know, a good talker for him. Someone, someone like uh, uh, back in the day that you know maybe Kevin Sullivan or Eddie Gilbert should have been doing the talking for him. So you know, some something like that to so that he doesn't have to do it. I think that people are going to be surprised when they see Braun on the main roster. They think he's a gargantuan. He's not a gargantuan. He's he's six foot tall. He's two thirty. That's a big man, but he's not a big man uh, in WWE world. And when you're a physical wrestler and you're smaller than guys who aren't having much success, like Carrying Cross or even like a Madcap Moss, it it's going to be trouble regardless of of who your father is. Especially given the couple of days his father has had and maybe has done to himself. Uh, well, you know, we're, we're we're watching that, but apparently there's not video footage because you're not allowed to use take your phones in or use your phones at WrestleCon. I, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is that they actually police that or if that's even possible. Uh, one other wrestler has tweeted that they witnessed it. I don't know. I don't think this is a show to cover it, nor that we have the time or or the desire. But yeah. as I graded this show with a, a seven and a half, which I know actually you know correlates to a c but on a matinee i would call that also a solid b yeah good b good b show uh good showing from everybody there and uh yeah i, I imagine that if they mention that his family at all on the main roster at least in the next little bit he'll be scott steiner's nephew um yeah, <laughs> but yeah they may they may wait for but that can't wwe just they oftentimes don't care they just sort of do what they do and you know bring out the special needs kids and before cena goes out and they wear the right shirts for the, during the right months and support the troops. So, you know, they, they sort of just keep on rolling, but yeah, whatever. We'll see. It's, it, it's not particularly, I don't think they, you know, maybe, maybe they knew something about the Steiner name that we didn't know. Maybe there's, that's, maybe there's a reason why they didn't lean into the Steiner name. Ah, uh, yeah. Good, good possibility. All right, Jeff, where can the people find you? Up on Twitter, they can find me at IcarusFellMD. You can find me very frequently where you're listening to me right now on the PWC. Uh, and also with the, this fine man, Mr. Ams, and our other little friend there, Jimmy T. We're often also on Channel Attitude, powered by the powerful Hami Media Group. We are on usually three shows a week. There we do, we do well, two now. Uncaged and Smack Attack. Jimmy and I were doing a Ring of Honor review show, but we've fallen down on that, so uh, I don't know if we're fired from that, let go, or they couldn't care less if we send them a show, we'll send them a show. Uh, my other shows, which are also found on the PWC among other places, including two of those shows on Hamain Media Group, it's Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Garden of Doom is pretty esoteric, and uh, my co-host today, Chris Ams, was, has also been my guest on Garden of Doom six times. The only six-time guest. I have a bunch of four- and five-timers, but only one six-timer right now. And that's Chris Ams, and the most recent show was Atlanta, so you should check that out. But we've also talked about the question of indigenous. He, he, told, he taught us about Mormonism. He, did, he taught us about different sects of Christianity and the Trinity Infinity. He did an excellent show on Norse mythology. I think I'm covering all the shows you, that yep. you've done. But you should check them all out because he, he always delivers. I've actually had someone say, you know, the the, the, the professor whose podcast I, I listened to about Norse mythology, your guest was better. So thank you. He's really very good. Um, Garden Views tends to be a little bit more topical, but, you know, it's a lot of legal stuff, but sort of cutting edge things, things that you'd be interested in. And my most recent show was on ChatGPT, and I've had ones on cryptocurrency and cybersecurity. So, you know, current issues and... Actually, a friend of mine who I didn't know listened to the show reached out to me on Facebook said, 
I really enjoyed the show on ChatGPT. That's really scary, and I agree, it's really scary. Um, and I'm not one who's a technical. I'm not good at technology, but usually technology doesn't cost jobs. Usually there's net gains and entire little sub-industries that come out of it. This I don't think so. I think this is its own, and once this thing learns how to do its own stuff, I think we better, you know, this is this is what all the conspiracy people are afraid of. Yes. All right. Anyway, listen to the show. Don't listen to me now. Thank you. Everyone stay evil. All right. You can find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Find me on uh, Facebook and at all things PWC. Thank you for listening to our review of NXT Stand and Deliver. Uh, we'll be back with more from the weekend of WrestleMania. We love you. Uh, bye bye. Olay. Stay evil. <laughs> Goodbye. You can hear the NXT Universe chanting, Duke! And oh, wait a minute. Oh, yes. Here we go. Aven didn't want any part of Thea Hale. You said, by any means necessary, Book. Oh, no. Yes! Wow! Chase U is on the line, and Thea Hale pulling out all the stops. Oh, Gacy. Chase U on the map. Gacy is rocking Hudson, but there's Bate. Bam! Big left jab with a little hook and Looking for action. that Tyler Driver 97 counter. Look at the athleticism of Bate, a little pop. Oh, looking for the Boeing, didn't connect. But now, oh, wow. almost centering the upside down. No! Good night. Hung out to Dryan. Valkyria can't move. Valkyria GG's. in a prone position. She's so close to changing her life, Vic. One more rung, just one more, and yeah. you're there. But look, Valkyria is the same. She's so close to changing her life as well. Both women are at the top, looking for the title. No! Oh, God, man. Dolan realizing there's a championship. Trying to grab. What the? What the? Who? Chasey Chain. guys comes the straps the straps just came down Vic. we're talking about the creed brothers they also competed at stand and deliver a year ago how have they grown in your eyes as a team no i look at these guys first time i met them i say these are two guys that are big guys and definitely um know what the game is for us mad technique precision tacticians talk about precision as well look as at the strike the power game is definitely there Vic. Yes. We said they're putting extra work in the dojo. Getting a little love from DC. Let's go! Dragon Lee, the highly touted international superstar, 
receive the first spot in this match, and you can see just why. Cameras are out, spotlight on him. The international success hasn't prepared him for the spotlight of NXT uh, in WWE. I'm gonna tell you right now, he just passed the airport tip. Who is this guy? He's somebody, oh my God. It's all about the North American Championship. Wesley the champion. He said, everybody bring it. He gave everyone their spot. Axiom had to earn it this past Tuesday. He's trying to showcase why. And now gives himself a little sum of both McDonough and Dragunov. Dragunov took the worst for wear on that right there, Vic. DDT action. What is Axiom looking for here? Double Northern Lights. Oh, kick missed, but connected on McDonough. Dragunov, 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 Dragunov. Near fall, rolling right through. Could be looking for maybe a submission here. Axiom. Oh, he got the it. the arm back. Dragging off through his starter. So roll through. Close, ankle lock. So ankle close, lock. So close, Vic. So close. Trying to roll through. Ankle lock is held in. But oh, I thought Axiom saw McDonough coming. But McDonough too quick. How fast these five were going to move. And just take a look at everyone, all these kicks. So, and then this is just showing you what the North American Championship means. Oh, wow. And there comes Dragunov right across the face Dragunov, of Axiom. Dragunov is so close, Vic. So close. If he can land this one There's big no shot, this could, be, no this could be the kill shot no right here, Vic. Way. This could be it. Oh, yes. Coming down on. Oh, yes. And no! That's it. That knocked out McDonough in the past for the title. No! <laughs> yeah, you talked uh, about construction. The furniture will be moved around like right now, trying to, Wait a minute. to get this desk back look, together. Look, 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 Waller. Waller, I think, was going to toss Gargano over the top if he could. Oof! Gargano realizing that when he's looking down and now. What's on Johnny's mind? Gargano's on fire. The adrenaline right now is flowing through Johnny Gargano. You can see it. Well, you take a look at Gargano! Gargano better hey, use that super stick. No rules. No rules, Vic. Oh, no, 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 You see the back of Grayson Waller? Oh my God, he's lit up. Could be one final beat for Johnny Gargano. Into the cover. Oh. What? He wants to humiliate Johnny Gargano. And he wants to do it on a stage like WrestleMania Saturday. He wants to do it in front of Johnny's wife, in front of Johnny's family, including his one-year-old son. Waller can barely walk. But Grayson. Oh, coast to coast time, Vic. We in Hollywood. No we risk he won't take for that viral. Pacific. Move it. Highway, baby. We just took a ride. He will move on. But as the symbol of NXT, Johnny Gargano will live forever. And what a moment for Indy Hartwell, who certainly has followed the way 
of Johnny Gargano to her own championship dreams here tonight at Stand and Deliver. Briggs and Jensen besides themselves with the official who again is not seeing things because of the manipulation between Dawn and Fire no, no, in this no, matchup. No, Vic, that's the efficiency in this tag team right there. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire working perfectly together. Like I say, they could be the ultimate oh, no. tag team here in NXT. Oh, oh yes! This unholy union could be three seconds away and... Oh. First, he put the world on notice. Banger after banger. Banger after banger. Banger after banger. This is what I need. I need for everyone to get out your seats. I need for everyone to get on your feet. Everyone stand and watch him deliver. Trying to rally off the top, roll through. Breaker, of course, had it scouted. Right back in, pump kick connects under the jaw. And the champion sent all the way to the outside. Look at Hayes wisely, though, knows he has to get Braun Breaker in the ring. Can't win the NXT title on a pinfall. Out or on, oh, on a wow, only by beautiful. pinfall submission in a huge suplex outside to inside, trying to capitalize for the championship in another Talk about, about innovative right there. Carmelo Hayes right there just pulled off one of the most exciting, unbelievable moves we've ever seen this bitch this big. Unbelievable talent this kid. Well, that talent is taking him to the top, and he's soaring back to the top one more time. Hayes looking down, and whoa, you gotta be kidding me.
WC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.